edition of Fresh Take. Sorry about the delay. Things happen right now. That is life. Whatever. I am Paul Russo. Across from me, as always, man, myth, legend himself, Nick Felice. Nick, how you doing today? How you feeling? I know you're without your hood today. It's finally decently warm in here. <laughs> Too bad this weather's not going to last long, but True. Paul, I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's a historically historically good day today. Two twenty two twenty two. The deuces do be wild, and you're ending that historic day with a historic podcast on a day like this. I think of Andrew McCutcheon. I'm sure you think of Derek Jeter. No, <laughs> think of the blue deuce. I think of the blue deuce. I think you know Rusty Wallace, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Dale Earnhardt. Yes, Austin Sendrick. Austin Cendrick, yeah. But he's number two? Yeah, yeah. Really? Alluding to one of the topics. But first, we'll discuss college hoops, then do our Daytona recap, and then we have movement, sort of, in the baseball front, so we'll discuss that a little bit. But uh, anyway. Don't get your hopes up. No, still I'm not, no. Expect some big news at the end of this show. Um, Yeah, sectionals in full swing. Yeah, today was Um, the start. Were you anywhere today? I was not anywhere today. Mm. I will be at Waterloo Geneva Boys tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, Wayne Fairgrounds did pretty well today, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we were over in uh, Skinny Atlas for hockey. They're moving on to uh, the final in Division Two for Section 3 over there Monday night. So hopefully we'll be back over there for that. And It's been fun. Hockey's been really fun so far. But it's the best time of year, basketball. I see sectionals here. It's a lot of fun. We'll be everywhere, anywhere, not everywhere. Let's <laughs> within reason. No blue cross though. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It, it seemed like it was a late-ish type because they did have blue cross up there on the section website for a little bit. So disappointing. Yeah. So they'll be kind of everywhere. I think class A is at. Oh, I had it written down earlier. I know class D is at Letchworth. <laughs> Grand Canyon of the East. So, hey, here's a good transition. I sure. got I got you on this transition. Sure, right here. sure. Uh, I'm not going to the Blue Cross Arena, but I am going to the Carrier Dome. Nice. For, uh, I put in my um, put in my credentials today for nice. Hobart Lacrosse at Syracuse. I'll be there. Nice. When and do they play again? What? When do they play? Sunday, February. What? No, February, March sixth. Okay. The Sunday after the yeah. sectional finals. Uh, yeah, so I will be at the Carrier Dome. Nice. Not what you probably were expecting to cover that day, but as you given tra- sec- given sectional weekend. And so I will be <laughs> at the Carrier Dome. You're not doing a great transition of it because Syracuse hoops. I'm not on that narcotic oh. <laughs> this year. I'm not on that narcotic. I stay away from that narcotic this year. Hey, they went out. They're in. Yeah, I don't. I'm not convinced of that. The same with Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, they both need the tournament, the conference tournament. Um, yeah, college basketball. We're we're in the home stretch, regular season wise. Um, conference tournaments start two weeks from this past weekend for the or well, not not really. It's two weeks from like today. Yeah, it is two. Weeks. Um, Actually, or, next week is a week from today. Well, a week from the day is what the mid majors. Yes, they start. Yeah, because Q still has regular season games next week. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah, we it, it, college basketball has kind of flown by this year. Um, it's been a tough. It's admittedly been a tough gauge at the top 
um, still. I think um, I'm kind of I, I think I'm still leaning kind of like Gonzaga side type deals, but you have a couple interesting players. Um, kind of resur- I'll call resurfacing at the moment. Arizona, who's been down the past really five seasons, they they're coming back. Um, so for the sake of me, I always look at Ken Palm. It's what I base pretty much like betting on for me, and and like looking at who's actually good and who's not. Um, the adjust the adjusted stuff that that they do and he does, I I kind of trust that more than other stuff. Um, it, so it's been interesting kind of seeing the climb and descent of some of the teams we thought. Uh, for instance, like Iowa State, um, top 10 team to start the year, falling off. Uh, I think they're a back above 500, I believe, um, but well well buried in the rankings. But Ken Palm, they're, they're still like the 27th best team in Ken Palm. So it's been interesting, stuff like that. But going back to Arizona, right, I mean, they've they've really – kind of risen to the top here almost in a weird way. That being said, I don't trust them. I'd, I'd still think I'd rather roll Gonzaga in this situation. Um, but again, it's been a, it's been an interesting year. I mean, I, I think you've seen a lot more of the blue bloods kind of, kind of be where that we expected most of them to be. I think this year, it, 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 the way the COVID really the COVID year last year went um, this year with COVID impacts, um, it, it, it's kind of thrown a bit of a wrench into the usual college basketball cycles, if you will. Um, cause I, look, I mean, we're seeing some teams that I, I, I don't fully trust. Um, like I said, I don't trust any of the PAC 12 teams, uh, PAC 12 at one point had a really weird COVID stretch where like, there was only like, I think four, four or six teams playing at one point. Like it was just, um, it, it was strange to say the least. Pac-12 is um, interesting because you don't know what you're going to get. Right. Because we're, are we going to get the Pac-12 right. that we've seen for the last 10 years? Or are we going to get the Pac-12 that we saw in the tournament last year that right. made a bunch of runs and they didn't lose a team until the Sweet 16 and had UCLA all the way in the Final Four? Mm-hmm. So I think that's intriguing. I mean, UCLA is a team that has kind of floundered at, at, floundered at times so far this year, um, kind of back on an upswing, but you, they don't really pass the eye test well. Um, they have a plus – borderline a plus 25 adjusted rating in Ken Palm. They're, they're still a top 10 team according to Ken Palm. I don't, a lot of good teams. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think that they're not a top 10 team, but I, they, they don't pass the eye test. I know like a lot of people will have asked me now, how do you not trust UNC? I'm like, UNC, UNC is the most inconsistent team in the country. Like they just are. Um, I I think they're in right now. I think they're like they depending are. upon who you look at, they're like one of the last four something or yeah, it's not good. Either way, I still think that they're in. I don't, ACC for as bad as we think the ACC has been this year, I, they're going to get probably five or six teams in. I think um, so too. Obviously, Duke, Wake, Notre Dame, Miami, Miami, UNC again, kind of teeters a little bit. And then there's Virginia um, Tech in Virginia. Tech and – yeah, I was about to say they're Maybe. kind of – yeah, they're they're there. I don't know what Florida State's deal is going to be. I don't know what Louisville's deal is going to be. Obviously, you brought up Syracuse. Syracuse will have to – they're going to have to win out, like, the including thing, the tournament, including the conference tournament. I'll say right now about Syracuse, Syracuse basketball. Mm-hmm. The only thing going for Syracuse basketball, yeah, 
they win the tournament, obviously they're in. But this is a Syracuse program that's been in the ACC since 2013-14 that hasn't had a lot of success in the ACC tournament. I I right. don't I don't remember them. I don't recall them ever making a run in the ACC tournament. I don't remember ever seeing them in Saturday action. No. Barely. So, I don't think they've been Friday. Yeah, they've I, had to have been five, some Maybe Fridays. once. They got in that 8-9 a few years in a row, and they lost in that 8-9 mm-hmm. game a lot. So, uh, but the deal with them is they have a favorable schedule to help their resume. And what I mean by that is they play at Notre Dame tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then they got the big game against Duke uh, this Saturday. Yep. And they're at North Carolina Monday. Big Monday. Yep. And then home and home against home, Miami. Home against Miami. It's four of the, you know, top six, top seven teams in the conference. Right. So if they won all four, obviously that would really help the resume. And then maybe they would only need a couple, maybe a semifinals appearance in the ACC tournament instead of having to win it. But there's a good shot they could lose all four of these games. That's the only problem with yeah. this. It's like, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to need their best performances of the year the next four games as a notre dame fan i'm very excited for, for notre dame going in tomorrow because of the fact that syracuse just played two days ago yesterday mm-hmm. and they're also thinking about the big game against duke this saturday there's a lot going in notre dame's favor tomorrow against syracuse but that's why they play the game but it's it's a good schedule if you're a Syracuse fan to be optimistic but it's going to be a tough stretch. I I I I think I think two and two would be would be nice to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm thinking you're, one. You're being very four. you're being very optimistic compared to me. Who I really I've think, been off that narcotic this year. I'll say it's going to be tough for them to win these next two. That's for sure. It's just in my opinion. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Notre Dame. You brought obviously you're fighting Irish. They're an interesting team. So they're a team that. Um, I think on paper what you would assume is very defensive, but they're actually a very good offensive team. They, they're pretty efficient on offense. Um, defense is actually where they probably, if anything, need to really step up when they need to. When they need to. Um, but I'll, I'll look for some things out of the fire. They, they definitely give me some some second weekend vibes in the tournament. Yeah, I hope um, they did. I, it's, just, it's tough for them because as good as they are on offense, they don't, to me they don't have that one that's true like shooter you can kind of turn to. It's almost like... Uh, you, you're the ones who probably would need a Buddy Bayheim slash Joe Girard, and we need more of your preferred big men. To be honest with you, would you like to trade? Well, we we, we don't have too many big men anymore. I mean, you have that one currently. One. I should say you have that one big guy. Frick, um, you think Lashesky? Yeah, yeah. I'll take him. Our, our center, I'll give you Joe Girard. Our center right now is. Um, I'll give you Joe Girard plus 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 plus. Ribs from Dinosaur Barbecue. Ooh, that's a that's a, that's mm. a fair deal. Uh, we our center right now is Paul Atkinson, who was the ACC player of the year and the only guy that has NCAA tournament experience on our team. He, or he wasn't ACC player; he was Ivy League player of the year for Yale, <laughs> and he's the only guy that has NCAA tournament experience. Mm. Um, but now we do have an upset. I don't mean to interrupt, but I do have breaking news: uh, UConn did upset Villanova just now. Ooh, see, I was going to get into Villanova a little bit because. They're an interesting team. Well, UConn's an interesting team, too, because they peaked early and now have fallen off, and now it seems like they're trying to peak again. So, Well, the problem with the Big, big East is just how good is the Big East every year. Mm-hmm. You just wonder. It's like Villanova always seems to dominate in that conference. They're still my favorite conference, damn it. Yeah. Or second favorite. 
it's just you know how good how good is the conference you know is is, is the conference good like how good is providence providence has this great record mm-hmm. but are they playing easy schedule that's what tournament it's all about big east has has kind of started beating up on each other again which is kind of nice to see in a weird way um seen hall's been inconsistent I'm about to say like I, I remember watching seton hall the paul this weekend that was a nice drag out like classic big east game um providence and butler uh two weekends ago now i think it was it was a nice classic old school big east game even though butler was not part of the original big east um but they, they've been fun to kind of watch, and I don't know. I, I like you said. I, I, are we at a spot where anybody stands out at this point still? Because this is why like, I kind of led with it. I, I'm struggling still to kind of pick out a team. Well, you know, like that's why I'm saying. Like, I guess I'm leading Gonzaga again. I mean, you can say what you want. I actually, the WCC is up uh, this year. Um, they're probably at the beginning of the season when it really looked grim. Like, oh, they'll probably get five teams. Now it's looking like they'll get for sure two, maybe a third. But um, overall, like all the teams' splits efficiency-wise are up compared to last year for the most part. I think there's only a couple that are down. But, I mean, the conference overall is fairly up and looking up compared to what it usually is. Um which I guess is too why I kind of like lean like I, I maybe Kentucky's for real too like I think the SEC is better than what we all kind I of I think the thought. SEC is the best. Um, obviously, like I say, Kentucky, but Auburn, um, Alabama, um, Tennessee's kind of been a weird tennis. This Tennessee team is giving me classic Tennessee team vibes where they'll make the tournament but get upset Thursday. Always night. a favorable upset. Right. Pick. Right. Um, like it's weird like a couple like even Vanderbilt's kind of like on a weird streak right now where like they're playing at least very competitive at minimum every game like the only team that sticks out to me that's just absolute awful night in night out has been Georgia (laughs) who gave Auburn a game right right and that's the thing um so they're they're look they're they're strange it's a strange year right because like again like we talk about the ACC and the ACC like we said we're looking at probably about five or six teams out of the ACC, depending upon what happens, which is, I think, probably, what, like, one below the average of what they usually get. But I don't trust any of the ACC teams. I just don't. I don't trust Duke. Duke has not given me the flashes at all all year. Sure, maybe is there is there a little bit of, of bias there to a degree? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie. But seriously, Duke has done nothing all year that makes me go, yeah, them. You well, know? Paul, here's what I'm going to say. Right. I don't trust anyone, mm. not just the ACC. I don't trust anyone. So, well, but that's what I'm getting at, though. Like, it, it's hard to pick somebody to stand out this year because nobody has stood out. I know in three weeks from around this time, we're going to be filling out brackets, and it's going to be nuts. And But I think it's getting harder and harder every year now to fill out this bracket. This bracket this year to fill out is mm. going to be impossible. So we do have a question. Shout out Nate Sharman. Who would we pick as an NCAA future right now to win the tourney if we had to? Um, I think there's value to be had in a lot of spots. Wait, what was the question? If we had to take a NCAA future right now, who would it be to win the tournament? There's value to be had in a lot of spots, first and foremost. Um, 
don't know. I know I know a sexy pick that I've seen kind of pop up recently has been Illinois again. <laughs> I don't know. I like Illinois. No problem with Illinois, they're Big Ten. Right. Um, I would never put any money on Big Ten to win a national championship. <sighs> Gonzaga. <laughs> they're not sexy enough, though. There's very little value there. Jawan Howard's hands, maybe. Um, yeah, I. I you want know. money? Per, I know. I know what. I know what Nate's trying to do, so I'll answer it. Yes, Nate, go ahead and, and put some money on Purdue. Oh, he's a Purdue guy. He, I don't. He's a Q's fan, but he he likes he likes Purdue Pete. I don't know. I don't know the mascot. See, Purdue the, Pete gives me nightmares. Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten, no doubt about it. Ooh. I, I think they are right now. Oof. This year, they just you know no love for the cats of Northwestern. <laughs> they've been the best team I think all year, and but the problem with the Big Ten, two thousand Michigan State was mm-hmm. last time they won a national championship. So right. I mean, it's just it's been a long time. But you want some value with a pick? I would say maybe UCLA or Villano- yeah. Villanova. I'd say probably that those are two smart ones because UCLA is trending. Villanova's at least competitive every year. Um, Parmy really wants to know kind of where Arkansas falls. I I don't know if they'll win outright, but I, Arkansas gives me a nice deep run vibe. You know, I'm pretty biased. I I think Notre Dame's got the talent. No, no, I agree. I like I they said, they have a star player. Like I That's said, I, they're for sure a second weekend team at minimum i don't know but i mean look i mean they 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 are they they i don't mean to make this sound like in a bad way but they're they're an old team compared to some of these others and that's usually where in the tournament right these teams kind of have their put their differences that make a difference is the more experience on a team the better in the tournament the deeper you go i mean I, i i don't hate i'll put it that way i don't hate it i do not hate it in fact, you want to let Paul Russo approval. You know, is they just have this freshman on their team from mm. South Bend. He's the first guy. From oh, South hometown Bend, kid. Yeah, he's the first guy in like the sixties. Wait, whatever. hold on. Did he did he go to Holy Cross first? No. Oh. Or whatever the other school is right there in South Bend. There's another school. You know what I'm talking oh so you don't you don't subscribe to Rudy. Good man. <laughs> uh I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. But Rudy. Rudy, but he Blake Wesley, man, he he's just he's a talented player. I think he's gonna use the platform of the NCAA tournament, and he's gonna come on the scene and help his NBA stock. And I don't know, I I know I'm biased, but if they get in seven C, ten C, somewhere around there, I think they got a chance mm-hmm. to make a run. Lead eight. I I will say this: I don't think these are smart picks. Depends even on the draw. Too. I don't think they're I don't think they're value picks either here. But they're teams to kind of keep an eye on uh, to me uh, down the stretch here, uh, the final couple weeks. And then obviously once you get in, I guess, the tournament. Um, of course, a couple of these teams are still on the bubble, even though they might be ranked high and stuff like Ken Palm, right? So that's why I'm saying, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, I kind of feel like we kind of say their name every other year as a mid-major, if not every year. Murray State's very good again this year. Um, obviously I, they probably aren't going to win the tournament, but, um, they certainly a team to watch when like Nick, like you said, if you're building a bracket or just picking games straight out to bet, uh, Murray's state, very good team. Um, 
they're coming again out of the Ohio Valley, which this year has been an interesting year for the Ohio Valley. Uh, they're kind of caught in the conference shuffle. Um, so there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes with the conference that it shouldn't affect the teams, but it kind of has. I've noticed uh, some of the basketball teams are there are going to be on the move are struggling, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, I'm not trying to claim bias one way or another, but another Ohio Valley team that they are, they, I think on the bubble, but who knows Belmont as well. Say there again, another team we say pretty much every year to every other year at this point uh, as well. Um, well, if I were to tell you the best a 10 team currently in Ken Palm is Dayton. Dayton's come on pretty strong again here. See, Bonaventure's kind of a disappointment. Yeah, Bonaventure's been a disappointment. Obviously, in the betting sense, we can't bet him in New York, but uh, you know, Dayton. Dayton's come on fairly strong as a a ten. Actually, has kind of been disappointing all here. Admittedly, um, they were at one point a team, uh, a conference member that I thought could really rock the boat um, as a mid major this year because I thought the top half of that league was very good mm-hmm. um, now it's looking like probably two or three teams for them if that the conference it used yeah. to be great yeah I mean, it still is a great i think it's just they they got they end up they beat up by each other the past two years that, what was it power five or power yeah whatever. i used to think of that as like the mm-hmm. next conference after yeah i mean it, i still think they are i mean i think like i've said i think the past couple of years they've just so much they've done so much beating up on each other because of COVID and how the A-10, I mean, it's a very competitive conference. It just is. I want to get your thoughts on the Big Ten. Are you believing, Big Ten? believing in them? I know they got a lot of good teams. I, I don't know. I, I don't trust Purdue enough. Um, the, the the times I've trusted Illinois this year, they have not came through. A lot of inconsistency. Um, yeah, it – they're another team that they're a league that's looking at what – I mean, because they're a power five, they'll they'll get for sure four in. I'd imagine. Big Ten, they're thinking nine. There's no nine. Joel Lenardi, I think, had nine of them. I mean, I don't know. I, admittedly, I the Big Ten. But he I, also had Michigan in at the time. Michigan's been yeah. Michigan, Michigan, the past week and a half for Michigan, let alone what's gone on, which is a different discussion. They've had, a, but it, it's been a rough week and a half, two weeks for them. It's been a rough. Stretch. Well, they got like Wisconsin's so, up there of the yeah. world. I don't know. Any teams, other teams that kind of stick out to you maybe at this point is um, not, like I said, not standouts, but maybe poke their heads out and kind of see what happens. I mean, I watch a lot of ACC mm-hmm. basketball, which a lot of people say is bad, but I think the conference is not as bad as people think. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think with the veteran leadership. No, I, I don't think the ACC is that bad this year, but no. it's definitely down compared to. The veteran leadership of Miami could be good. Yeah. I, I think they could be a sleeper team. I, I I did hop on their value when they were really kind of the lover's pick there for a solid week. And I hate to be this guy. This might be a hot take to some. Usually you see a big upset in the tournament, right? Right. The way they've been skating by, you know, they've just been barely winning, scares me a little bit. I think Auburn could be a big first-round exit huh they've won yeah. like the georgia game i brought up they barely won that mm-hmm. they've they've won a cup they've won a lot of close games well, i lost I this past weekend i will never pick them because they'll probably be a one or a two seed to lose in my bracket but i think they could be the big upset this year 
if you have to go recall a time back in, I think, long time ago, 2012 or something like that, mm-hmm. Missouri was a number two seed out of the SEC, and they got beat by the 15th seeded Norfolk State, Kyle Quinn's team. So, so we've seen this upsets happen in the SEC. So I would put, I would put, even though the bracket's not out and in the regular season's not even finished, I'm putting Auburn on upset alert already. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I agree with that. Fair enough. All yeah. right. This season's been like a circle, man. I see what you did there. <laughs> Speaking of circles, yeah, the Daytona 500 was this past Sunday. One by Austin Sendrick, rookie driver, Vortine Penske, took over Brad, Bad, Bad Brad Keselowski, who caused two wrecks on Sunday, at minimum two wrecks, takes the victory, first career away to the Cup Series. I'd bubble not make the bottom line. Oh, God, don't get me started. Oh, I finally got over it. <laughs> I was in Spain, but the S was silent. Yeah, that was good. Um, it was a fun 500. Fun 500 with the new car. Action was great. Um, was it story? Was it historical? Nah, nah. It probably doesn't even rank top five all time. Might not even rank top ten all time. But it was an enjoyable race, a good race. Um, all you could ask for, a lot of action, a lot of different stri- strategies. Kind of, kind of came back to the mean for everybody there for a little bit. Um, but just a tremendous race. Um, yeah, you mentioned Bubba. Yeah, heartbreak there at the end for me a little bit. Uh, it's fun being mad over second place again. He's second in the standings. So, yeah, he is. He is second in the standings right now, which is actually no, he's technically third in the standings because of stage points. Yep. So, um, yeah, but good start for you there, and um, yeah, they're off to California in the West Coast swing this week. But um, yeah, it, it was chaos. I mean, Brad Keselowski, who normally is a really good and really smart plate racer, kind of. Kind of had a revert back to his 2014 days as a point racer where he was causing wrecks and trying to do things that just I was left questioning. And, um, yeah, he caused a big, really two big ones. Uh, of all people, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was calling him out, which is hilarious and ironic, but very true and very accurate in my in my opinion and justified. Um you know, there are a couple late race restarts there where I where the one before Ricky got wrecked. I don't know why he didn't try and break up the Penske duo that was on the bottom lane but with Cendric and Ryan Blaney. Um I I I struggle with with this fact of Blaney playing the good teammate role. I I hate it. Uh, I really wish Bubba just more or less plowed through him at that point on the restart where he, when he let Cindric drop down with two to go in overtime, it's, oh gosh, that part's just tough. Either way, I, that's just the nature of the beast and it's fair to be mad as a fan. It's just the way it is. Um, but it was a good one. I mean, the crowd was electric. That's the most people I think I've seen at Daytona since even before the pandemic in quite some time. It was a fun race, fun atmosphere. Luke Combs was great. Um, energy was palpable, just excellent. A one plus stuff in my mind. Hopefully, that's the sign of the season to come. How about my you man know? Austin Hill the night before? Well, that was a. I mean, the Xfinity race. I, I was able to catch some of. Uh, 
really uh, really was able to catch all of it whether it was just being able to listen to it on the radio or, or catch it on the tv uh but yeah i mean austin hill is actually a really good plate racer from the truck series uh very good uh right place right time associated with that wreck and good to see myatt snyder was okay after that wreck um the worst wreck i think i've seen at least damage wise in a while uh certainly i think damage wise i brian newman's wreck wasn't even that bad um I mean, that thing had the engine ripped out, both axles. I mean, everything was just torn away. I even Kyle Larson's wreck in 2013 wasn't that bad. Um, just crazy, crazy, crazy. So good to see he was okay. Good to see everybody was really okay. I know Snyder's cleared the race this weekend in, in Fontana. So, um, yeah, and the truck race was good too. I mean, the ARCA race was all right, but it's ARCA. So shout out to Buffalo's own Andy Janowick. Came home in fifth with a damaged car. So... Not bad. Um, were you able to watch anything of it over the weekend at all? Uh, I wanted to watch the Daytona 500, but I was a little busy on Sunday, so I never got a chance to watch it. But I was checking in and seeing who was winning. And, um, yeah, it kind of surprised me. It must have came out of nowhere. Bubble coming in second because the last I was watching, he was in, like, mm-hmm. 16th place. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he came close. And he had a it, strong was car. Was close? The, yeah, a strong car the, the second Did he have a shot in the final lap? Yeah, things fell right, yeah. But things didn't fall right. You know, it's a great start to the season. Just like Danica Patrick's eighth place start that one year <laughs> in the Daytona 500. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, it's, you know, it's just, it's amazing how they have their biggest race of the year in the first race of the season. I always, I always thought that was interesting. Their Super Bowl is opening day, which is, which is kind of cool. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, speaking of opening day, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I mean, you're not, I guess, totally off, to be fair. Do you think Austin Cedric will win another race this year? Uh, yeah, probably. He is a – he might be the best road course racer in NASCAR. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of – Watkins fans of the tr- fans of just cop racing will say Chase Elliott. Uh, trust me, Austin Cindric is by far the best. He's going to win Watkins this year. Probably I would put him up there as the make favorite. the February prediction I'd right put, now. I would put him up there as the favorite. So, somebody going buying a lawnmower? What is? <laughs> there's always that, something. It's that warm weather, man. Time to get the lawn. People are getting hyped. I guess I don't know. We're about to get hit by another snowstorm. I don't know what these people are doing. I think it's but, a mo- uh, either a motorcycle or a moped. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, Austin Sindrick's really good on the road courses. He'll win again this year, and he's adapted. He, he's had a really – it's been fun watching his career arc to this point because he was a guy at Dover when he first got into oval racing because he had an open wheel and sport car background as a young kid. I mean, his dad's the president of Team Penske, uh, who was like five seconds off the pace at Dover in a – at the time, Brad Keselowski Racing Truck, which was one of the top two teams in truck racing at the time, and was like five seconds off the pace. It's just like, this kid has no business being out there. And seeing him progress, I mean, he's the Xfinity Series champion. He's won a Daytona before in the Xfinity Series. I, he's... Didn't you pick Bubba to win the 500 last week? I did. I, I did. I selfishly did take Bubba, and it almost did work out. <laughs> but... Alas, who'd you take? I can't remember. Austin yeah, Dillon, Denny Hamlin. I'm oh. not sure. He got he was out in the first wreck because of the Brakowski wreck. Part one. <laughs> yep. All right. Last topic. Speaking of Florida, 
Yeah, there you go. Got you, Nick. They met two days in a row. How about that? They're meeting all week, allegedly, here. Players Union and MLB uh, in Jupiter, home of the Cardinals Spring Training Facility and Marlins Facility as well, I believe. Here, neither here nor there since spring training's delayed. the main goal of the uh, of really the, the talks this week is to avoid the postponements at this point. That's what I'm calling it. Um, spring training's already gotten pushed back. Obviously, I mean, I still think opening day at minimum is going to be pushed back. Um, I there were there was video of a player, I believe it was Max Scherzer, who left the meetings today at one of the breaks, kind of talking with his hands very much, and it was not pleasant hand motions, I'd say. Really. Um, I don't know what's going to happen here still. I, I, I don't think it's looking great still. One, I, I did see one positive is the MLB has gotten rid of the minor league cuts for players, which is a good thing to see. Um, now we just need to work on improving the conditions still. But either way, different discussion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I They've only been meeting in like the afternoons from like one to like five with a break somewhere in the middle so far the past couple days. I don't know if this – they're going to go all week, I guess. I don't know what it's going to really do. I know there's like a group of I think about 30 or 40 players there in addition to the union guys and the lawyers and then obviously the MLB's side. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Nick, but you know what Rob Manford's been up to the past month? No. He's been playing at Green Beret. What's that? He's playing at Green Beret, or Pirate pronounce it, the golf course. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You mean to tell me that guy has the best intentions of baseball in mind? No. Yeah. What are your thoughts about this, about the week meeting? The week of meetings, as I'll call it, because uh, I, I still, it feels like the MLB is trying to rush it, which, of course, they are, because now they realize that money is on the line and the players are more. And it's March next week. And the players are more than content on, on, on abiding to their lockout that they imposed as, you know, opposed to what everybody else has been trying to say about it. Well, I'll say what I said last time, you know, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just Good let, luck. Just, just let me know when it's over. Uh, that meeting all week means nothing to me. I mean, what are they doing in there? Playing patty cake? You know, <laughs> I mean... Um, I want to know when the last time somebody used the term patty cake was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, either side has their own opinions. It's like it's like getting two people to agree on something. Right. It's just not going to happen. Like, you're just not going to get both sides happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like time is ticking now. Uh, you got people. You got a commissioner that doesn't care. You got players that do care, but they want their way. But the commissioner wants to please the owners, and they have their way. And it's just a complete mess. And the whole sports legacy is on the line here. You know, it would just not look good, Paul, if they just didn't play till like mm-hmm. July, and they were still like meeting in June. Well, well this is what I, I've, I've kind of harped on is like, think about like the past year was the biggest year baseball's had in a while. Think about the, the names that have been made and look, I mean, for better or worse, Stephen A's dumb comments about Shoei Otane was one of the biggest things that happened to baseball. Cause I also got more eyes on the sport. Well, alone what was already happened. I mean, you got players own kids liking other players above their own fathers. You know where baseball like, screwed up in the last few years? Oh, yes. 
they screwed up and not started that season on July 4th, the, the COVID oh, year. Oh, the pandemic year, yeah. Because Well, that's that's where the started, though, because the owners did not want to do what the players wanted to do. They could have started July 4th. Mm-hmm. Instead, they waited to the end of July when the NBA came back mm-hmm. and the NHL came back. You had you could have had three weeks there. There's data that shows that's what's actually rebounded NASCAR in the ratings. Yeah, because coming back first because they're a good example because yeah. they came back first along with UFC. Mm-hmm. But the well, UFC wasn't doing it the way NASCAR and the other sports were, which were safe and smart ways. <laughs> yeah, and golf came back as well, um, but you know they had three weeks there to be the only professional sport. Mm-hmm. And I know they the, the summertime they have it, but this was a, I know they're the it would have been I know what you're saying. It's the, the only thing. This would have been an era, a weird era where mm-hmm. there was no sports for a long time, so people were dying for right. any sports at that time. They could have had three weeks there mm-hmm. to show off their sport. They could have like if you said it's helping NASCAR from what they did it at that time. And seriously though, I mean think about like the KBO, KBO all of a sudden became one of the premier baseball leagues in the world. They, they still have the rights to that. ESPN, I think ESPN technically does. So here's the thing. I'll, I'll I'll pull back a bit of an onion here for for people who may not know. So when ESPN signs a TV deal with any sport, we'll stick with the baseball example here because it's easy. They they say um, in the contract, um, it's out of the seven day week, each day you have to hit. Five hours of baseball coverage, something like that. Obviously, ESPN doesn't do that with baseball. They don't really touch it compared to the other sports, but you have to hit five hours, at minimum five hours of coverage a day of baseball, whether it's live games or programming, like when they had baseball tonight or something like that, right? So during the pandemic, the ESPN still has, you still have to meet those obligations in your contract no matter what. Obviously, it helps in the pandemic. You have blocking available where you can put the KBO on TV. So ESPN and KBO worked out a deal uh, because I can't remember. It has to do with, I believe it's like the World Baseball and Softball Coalition or something. They were able to work out the deal through them, which is owned by the MLB technically or whatever. Right? you know, where, yeah, two KBO games, I think it was up to two at one point, live simultaneously on ESPN and in the deuce, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, that's why now ESPN, I think still owns the rights. I think it's like, I don't know if it's still on ESPN plus this season or what, but they did last year. So it's possible. We might see some KBO again, might see, I mean, the, the Pacific league and the Pacific and central leagues in Japan, it's going to be tough. Um, the Mexican league you probably won't see because it's technically a triple uh, a affiliate. Some of them, many people don't know about technically the Mexican league is a triple a affiliate for the MLB, but it's its own really professional organization. It's more or less like a laissez faire type deal. So who knows, who knows what, what we'll see this year in that yeah. sense. But yeah, but yeah, that's how, that's how ESPN has KBO on TV and stuff like that. Sorry to get that. off track. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just this would be terrible if they did not come up with a deal and this opening day got mm-hmm. not so much pushed back a week or two, which is kind of getting it to be expected now. But if it got pushed back to the middle of May, that's not good. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And then it could just keep getting worse and worse after that. 
So I've, any, that's why I've been I've been saying from jump, just be ready for 120 games, like at most this year. <laughs> now they're trying to come up with a deal for years, right? Right. So where it goes back to 162 probably the next year. Right. Right. I'd like them to go 154, but that'll probably be the expanded playoff that people don't want. I don't know. Would you want that? Not the way it's set up, allegedly, no. I don't like the picky. No, I don't like that either. That's so weird. I'm all for having a reseed if that's what you want to do, but don't allow the teams to pick who they get to play. No. You know, that's just it's just how right. It's just how the dominoes fall sometimes. Right, you don't get the team you want to face mm-hmm. just because of how it worked out in the regular season. No, not none of this picking. I do not want that. Mm-hmm. None of that. That's all I gotta say on that. I'm with you. I think that's enough said for today. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, Sure, keep an eye out for where we'll be coverage-wise the rest of the week on FL1. Keep tabs on Nick and what he's doing. Nick, who are you uh, shouting out today? Oh, I'm going to shout out my pops. Oh, that's right. Happy belated birthday to Mr. Felice. I yes, forgot. It was his birthday yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, 35, right? Yeah, 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he had me when he was... Uh, um, how old am I? <laughs> he had you when he was like eight. <laughs> eight or nine, yep. Uh, that's pretty pretty cool about him to do that for me. But uh, yeah, shout out dad. Um Hope you're doing well. Probably sleeping right now, but I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, take care. All Shout right. out. If you guys haven't already, like always, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Help us out. And we will catch everybody in two weeks. We'll be off next week. Two weeks. Fresh shakes. Okay, bye. <laughs>